Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tess of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Elimination Chamber. John, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Good. Like I was saying before I went on the air, I feel good. I, I'm sorry, everyone, for being absent Monday and Tuesday. Took a much-needed chance to get away, just to recharge batteries a little bit. So I'm back, feeling refreshed, ready to go. Here to talk about Elimination, Elimination Chamber, uh, the last real major stop on the road to WrestleMania. Obviously, we still have a lot of a bunch of Raw and SmackDowns to get through, but the last premium live event before the Chamber. Lots of things to kind of set the stage for WrestleMania. Uh, good bad in between that, that remains to be determined, but nonetheless, lots to dig into. So before we do, just want to remind you all this show, like everything we do here, is available on all of our platforms: SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, all of that good stuff. You know where you know where it's at. So that being said, John, we might as well dive right in and talk about what opened the show. After 10 minutes of entrances, Roman Reigns faced Goldberg. Um, it's funny, I was watching this live when it aired, and I was going to go to the in-laws or afterwards. So I think the, the entrances started at, I think it was like 12.05 my time, and I, I was going to leave at 12.25. And I joked, what are the chances this match is over, like including the entrances by the time I have to go? Lo and behold, they, it was over. <laughs> so I got, I got to see this one. Um, this was exactly what you would expect. It was short. It was a sprint. You had some spears. Roman Reigns went for the jackhammer. I I, I held my breath, hoping. Oh, sorry. Goldberg went for the jackhammer. I held my breath, hoping he wouldn't drop Roman Reigns. Thankfully, he did not. Uh, Roman wound up choking out Goldberg with the guillotine. So, at least for now, this would likely be the last we'll see of Goldberg. This was the, the reported last match on his current deal. We can potentially speculate about his future a little bit. But, John, at least sitting here tonight, what do you think about this brief title match and the fact that Roman Reigns will officially head into WrestleMania as the champion? So I, I was given some crazy looks for numerous reasons, one being that I said this was actually a good match. Now, why did I say this was a good match? I said this was a good match because it did, I think, what it intended, like what, what the intentions were. So Goldberg, who is known as this 50, mid-50s Asian veteran, you know, threw, he threw everything he had at Roman, but, it, you know, it became quite clear that Roman is in the prime of his career. Goldberg was not dethroning an athlete that has been on top for over 500 days. So predictably i think it went as most thought it would go but that's fine because they didn't throw us a curveball and have goldberg win or anything like that uh and and goldberg was essentially submitted so this makes roman look even better because i don't think goldberg this was the first time goldberg has been submitted at least since he returned a couple years ago if not ever for all i know but at yeah. least since then so this honestly i do think this is probably the end for goldberg I know that I don't know where that crazy rumor circulated that he could be potentially the one to face Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Uh, I do not think that is the case, and I do not think that should be the case. Goldberg is a good uh, draw for the Saudi crowd. They always like to bring legends, so if they want to keep him in that role, that's fine. Uh, let's also keep in mind that uh, Mansoor was not on the card. This might be the first time ever that Mansoor was not on a Saudi Arabia card. They have the firepower, and they have the the presence over there now where they don't need to do that anymore. But of course it would still be a welcome thing for the crowd. So maybe Goldberg goes away for a year or two, comes back for one final match or one final short run, whatever you want to call it. But uh, the match did what it was intended to do. And I'm happy with that. 
I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, you know, this was finally the, the battle of the spear we were supposed to get two years ago. So maybe some some closure in a way. Finally getting to see this match. Ironically, as Steven Chambers pointing out, uh, Roman didn't even need the spear to win. Uh, Goldberg hit, I think, a spear too. Um, but Roman won not needing the spear. So kind of a little interesting you know, a little twist on that, but uh, overall, Steven Sankover did all right. Um, yeah, you know, this was, like I said, this is what you would expect. Ness was saying, Goldberg had two spears. I was expecting like five, five spears total in this match. Um, you know, that's kind of what we've kind of seen uh, with his his matches by and large, you know, just a bunch of finishers and everything like that. But this was fine. I definitely agree with you, John, saying this was kind of did what it had to do. It gave us the match that, you know, again, we were supposed to get two years ago, uh, gave Roman a Pretty important win before WrestleMania. Uh, my only real problem with it, well, how do you do the match itself, was they already announced Roman versus Brock. So as I've joked a couple of times, other than the darkest timeline where Goldberg would win and face Brock, it just felt like a little anticlimactic when Roman won. It was like, okay, yeah. And that's that was very much how I thought about the main event. And, talk about that as well. But And it's that. funny that you talked about how short the match was, although it actually went over the over-under because the over-under was five minutes. And it went five minutes and 57 seconds from bell to bell. Yeah. So it was over five minutes. Um, there was a couple period where they were like outside the ring walking around. They come in, you know, the spear, Goldberg. I don't even know if he even had a two count in his pin, but... Uh, the 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 point is, um, it was good for the Saudi crowd. They cheered both, but I do want to say that Goldberg got a a bigger face reaction, which I is agree. good because that's the intention. Although it never really happens with Roman anymore. So overall, uh, a a decent start as far if you're looking at it from a storyline aspect, it was a very good start to the show. Yeah. Yeah, and overall, you know, whatever happens next to Goldberg, Brian saying Goldberg had a nice run, definitely a nice run. He's a Hall of Famer, uh, but now it's Roman's time, right? Roman, he won this one, no if, answer, buts, practically made him tap out. So good to get that momentum heading into WrestleMania here. Sticking with the match order here, uh, Bianca Belair wound up winning the, the Women's Elimination Chamber match. This had, we had to talk about this on Monday because we did do the show. Alexa Bliss was the final entrance, so she was the mystery entrant there, and as well as Dewdrop, Liv Morgan, Nikki ASH, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, didn't get to talk about it on Monday. I am very, very happy Alexa Bliss is actually back. At the same time, not always a fan of having someone come back and then lose right away. Um, not ideal. I, I thought she looked strong in the match itself. Uh, she was one of the, the last few remaining. Bianca ha- earned the right to enter the match last once she won a gauntlet match on Raw. To me, it's always interesting. It's like, it's it's kind of like having a face when they're around at number 30. It's like, you, there's no real sense of of overcoming adversity or, or you know, overcoming the odds. It's like, you're kind of getting a... And it, well, it's, it is an advantage, right? That's the whole point of why she won that match. It just struck me as a little interesting um to have to have that there that's if that's my biggest problem with it that's you know very, a very small complaint overall i'm glad she won i thought that was the right call that was her prediction so now we know that bianca will go on to face becky lynch who also retained her title at elimination chamber but john overall what do they going to match the performances we saw and uh, looking forward to becky versus bianca uh, I actually thought it was very good booking here. Uh, I predicted this match pretty much accurately from start to finish. I did have Bianca defeating Alexa in the end, and that's what happened. The right winner in my eyes, uh, Belair, should have won this match. I thought this was also predictable, although some people were dead set on that mystery entrant would turn out to be Alexa winning. 
surprisingly, I've seen people starting to turn on Bianca, saying that she's getting stale, she's getting over overused, overbooked. I don't think that's the case. I think she has been perfectly booked ever since she lost the title. She was in the mid-card for a while with Dewdrop, came back up, and now is at the top again. Has a good chance to be the one to kind of dethrone Becky for the first time in many, many years. So they, they did a good job of introducing, not introducing, but continuing some additional feuds here. Ripley and Nikki, even Ripley and Bianca. Ripley and Bianca is going to be a big deal one day, if not this summer. Bianca will have the title. Ripley will be there. They'll go back and forth. They keep teasing that. That's good. Liv Morgan has uh, entered into this uh, lovable loser, if you will, role where uh, for some reason the fans get behind her like she's going to win, but I never actually thought she had a chance. She didn't. She lost, uh, as to be expected. Uh, one day, and, and I, I do mean this, one day she will finally win. And that's going to be a moment that they're going to build up to for quite a while because, unfortunately, I don't think it's anytime soon with Ronda, Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, Bailey, Sasha, all those in the picture. I just don't think Liv Morgan's going to be at the top uh, anytime soon. And then do drop the last one here. Um, she didn't dominate as much as, like, she could have because she's looked pretty good on TV in recent weeks. Losing doesn't necessarily hurt. I just wish she would have, you know, looked a little better. And, of course, Bliss comes back, basically picking up where she left off, looked pretty good in the ring. Uh, people already questioning where superstars like Bliss, Banks, Liv Morgan could end up at WrestleMania. We already know the two main women's matches. They're usually good for one or two additional undercard matches. What those will be, we have no idea. And then everybody else, of course, gets just shuffled into the, the Battle Royal that I think they just call the Women's WrestleMania Battle yeah, Royal. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we stand, I think, with the women in this match. Yeah, I think uh, I have no complaints about the outcome. I think everyone kind of evolved uh, impressed one, one way or another. Definitely got the sense, like you said, that we are uh, heading toward Bianca versus Rhea Ripley. Could be a good feud for the summer. Uh, they teased at one point. They did like the two stalling suplexes, and then they started like duking it out and slapping each other. Um, so, and it's funny because they have like this uh, kind of long running connection where when Bianca won the Rumble, that was Rhea Ripley's debut, and she also had an impressive performance. There's definitely some history there, and that could be very, very good. That's agreeing. It's probably coming after she's predicting uh, Bianca beating us, uh, Becky at WrestleMania. Um, you mentioned Bianca's booking. Brian's saying Bianca hasn't booked like a powerhouse since SummerSlam. I think I would largely agree. Um, I don't know if I'd agree it's been perfect, but there, 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 worse. You know, people who haven't who haven't booked in terms of the, the way the women's division has been handled. So she's been she's been she picked up wins. She's she's been still at the forefront of of the women's division on Raw. So definitely can't complain about that. Um, but now we're kind of looking forward here a little bit. We do know Bianca will face Becky. And you kind of mentioned it, but is that your kind of firm prediction that Bianca will beat back to WrestleMania to kind of get that that win back from SummerSlam? Uh, if I had to guess right now, as far as that match goes, I, I would probably be inclined to think that Bianca will win uh, over Becky just because, you know, that would be a bigger moment in my eyes. Uh, Becky has already been winning for so long. I get that Bianca just won last year in the main event and, but I think it's a little different this year because it's it's probably not the main event. I would yeah. assume this would be a match that could possibly like open night two. We know this will be night two because night one is probably going to be Charlotte and, and Ronda in the main event. So yeah. uh, this would be a good opener for the second night or a, a middle match. But 
to me, slightly different than the one last year. It was a bigger deal of being the main event and everything. But nevertheless, Becky eventually getting that loss uh, is going to be a big deal. But I could see them doing something like silly here where she could get DQ'd or by herself or whatever, or something like that. So I don't necessarily think that she could win the title, but I think she'll win the match at least. I hope they don't, they don't do a DQ at WrestleMania. Like, that'd be... They, they, you can do any other show, pretty much any other show. I'll be like, all right, you're building to something. But it's WrestleMania. It's the night, the one night where I guess two nights meant for like pretty much your your one just payoffs. Like you want to pay things off. You want to like tell those stories. To me, are in some exceptions. Like it, it's not a time to like drag things on beyond that. I know they have WrestleMania backlash again, but to me, WrestleMania, you know, pay it off, conclude it, and then on to the next thing. Technically, even though Becky was gone for a while, like a year, um, she technically has every day she's been on the roster. She's held the title since WrestleMania 35. Technically, so she's never lost the title. So, uh, in that in that technicality, to me, like it's time. Like right, I, even though she, we, she was gone for a while, even now she's had the title since SummerSlam. It's been a pretty good run. So, I think it's I think it, it is Bianca's uh, time to win here, and that's what Nessa's saying makes more sense for her to win. Um, so that, that's what I'm, where I'm leaning. Don't don't do a DQ. Don't and Stephen saying Becky could grab the rope or something. Don't come on. Just Bianca needs the win because to me, like this is the time to have her get the have her get revenge for the, the, the SummerSlam loss. Because if you if you don't, then the, the whole idea of that of that shocking loss was you're going to build that that payoff of oh she's going to win back. She's going to you know get revenge. And if you don't do that, then just like oh, it feels like you're just kind of a waste of time, or or it, it makes that decision even even more questionable. So here's hoping Bianca wins, and because uh, I think that could really help her reach that next level. It, it, she's already there, but like to really cement herself in that level, I think that'd be very very good. But uh, we're getting some support for Becky here. Steven saying, "Like to see Becky win. Wouldn't be surprised if Bianca wins." So at least we're seeing a little little sense of. If not unpredictability, uncertainty at least with this match with Denny as well, saying let's go Becky. I mean, obviously Becky's very popular. She's one of the top stars. Would it be the worst thing if she won? No, but you know, I I I think, in my opinion, at least based on what we've seen, I'm thinking uh, uh, Bianca winning is the right call. But something I don't think was exactly the right call was to have a match, John, where one of the competitors had to have a uh, had to wrestle with their arm tied behind their back. Ronda Rousey and Naomi. Versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville, as you might expect, Sonya Deville, who was wearing a sling, oh my gosh, she ripped it off. It was a, it was a ruse all along to try and get one over on Ronda. I don't know exactly what it was about this. I I just wasn't feeling it. Like I, you knew it wasn't going to be this technical like masterpiece anyway. And then you have Ronda's arm tied behind her back. I just thought she was like. You well, intentionally so they really limited her. She couldn't really do all that much. She tried, but especially for someone that uh, she, she's been in the business technically for a couple years now. But this was her first match technically uh, in the Rumble since 2019, I think. You know, so like uh, to me, it would have made it a little. And I know she'll be at house shows next month, really, like up to WrestleMania, but not the best showing, like in terms of her, her an actual match uh, in over two years. So I don't know. I just. I wasn't really feeling it, and Nessa called it. She said on the, on the SmackDown show uh, that that Sonya was probably faking, was probably kind of trying, you know, cheat cheat your way into this one. And and good call, you were right. Uh, and I just, 
I don't know. It just seemed a little goofy to me. Rhonda was, as Stephen James pointed out, she was wearing this like karate judo gear, and that like, that, that just seemed a little silly to me. Like I I don't know. Like all things put, being put together seemed a little silly. Rhonda made Sonya to tap out like with her one arm tied behind your back. Seemed a little interesting. Just wasn't a fan of it, like start to finish. You know, it was fine, but wasn't really feeling it. What do you think about the stipulation the fact that we had a, this, this, this tag team match to begin with? So I thought the real stars in this match were Naomi and Sonya Deville. Uh, they did most of the work. Uh, I think Naomi particularly stole the show uh, in the brief moments that she did have, uh, even though she was the feature. This wasn't a very long match. So at the same time she was the focus of the match, yet didn't have a lot of opportunities to showcase her skills because the match simply wasn't that long. Uh, I think over the past few weeks, she has earned and, and respected uh, to get a, a bigger role, at, at least after WrestleMania. We know they're already in their, the path they're going to be on now until WrestleMania, but I think she was good enough where she uh, earned a bigger role after WrestleMania. And Sonia also did most of the work for her team and looked pretty good doing so. I don't know what's going to happen at WrestleMania between Charlotte and, and Ronda. I think it could go either way. Although I, I do think that um, Ronda will win, but this just has star power. That's really what it is. The main event of night one, but it has all kinds of star power. And if both women put on a good lengthy match, it could be one of the best uh, matches in each of their careers. And I really hope that it, it lives up to that, I guess, hype because it, it does have a lot of hype behind it. Uh, this is going to be the third time that women have main evented WrestleMania. The second time for both Ronda and Charlotte. So I, I think it, it could be special. Yeah. You know, um, I I hope they build it up more in, in, in a more compelling way. Because I think any of the hype here is really just based on the names involved. Like the story they're telling, you know, it hasn't really drawn me in. In terms of like in my investment, you know, where this is, it's really, really been this story. It's been Sonya Deville, Naomi, and like this kind of, and, and Rousey getting involved as well. Granted, the Rumble was three weeks ago or so. Like, because it hasn't been that long. And they still have, I think they said yesterday it was six weeks to WrestleMania. So uh, they do have time to do that. But I, I think more, there's that inherent star power, but hopefully they'll be able to kind of capitalize and turn that into a good story. Um, but it is, it's interesting to think about maybe anything kind of coming out of this, you know, in terms of Steven, Steven's asking, you know, what if, you know, Sonya's or maybe he's predicting Sonya being the referee for this match. I don't think they would do that. I mean, th this match doesn't need anything, any gimmick and any addition. You know, it's it's it's, it's Ronda and Charlotte, and I think they, they would probably feel pretty safe having that on its own. I think it'd be, like, kind of weird to have Sonya in that spot. Um because it's just not needed. If it were another show, again, kind of like the, the Becky thing, if it were another show, maybe, but it's kind of needlessly put a stipulation on it like that. It's WrestleMania, you can, we're, we're just saying, you've got the names, you've got the star power, um, doesn't really need a gimmick like that. But Brian's saying the, the, the tag team match here as a whole wasn't needed. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't needed. I think it was good to have this feud on the card to build up WrestleMania. I just wasn't a big fan of the the arm simulation and i think that kind of hindered the match just kind of as a whole while they were trying to tell a story but you know 
I it was fine. It was fine. It was good for Ronda to kind of get back in. Uh, to be to be on the show to be to be in a match like that so can't be too upset with that one uh just as, as a whole there do you want to mention at least a little bit didn't mean, i didn't mean to glaze, glaze over the the pre-show yes Miz versus Rey mysterio was on the kickoff show seems like he's surprised that it got put there uh says it looks like the Miz may call one of the paul brothers to kind of have a tag team match for the studios that is the rumor going around Miz said in a digital exclusive he needs to make a phone call presumably for a tag team partner and the i think flightful select reported uh yesterday on saturday that that might be logan paul he who was at wrestlemania last year that would make sense he's already been there gotta get get, has a little history there if so it's fine uh right right won that match i should say uh dominic yet again helping distract Miz a little bit Miz for a second it looked like he was gonna outsmart getting outsmarted and then ray rolled him rolled him up anyway and then after the match ray and dominic team up to 619 the Miz. All I have to say, Dominic is just, he's booked like such a jabroni sometimes. Like, just like, let me get in there and, and six and one nine with my dad and like do all, like, he's such like a, like a sidekick, right? It's just like, when, when, when are we going to get to the point where he's his own guy? Like, yeah, he has some single matches on Raw these days, but he's still very much in Ray's shadow. I don't know what they can do to like counteract that. I think that's kind of inherent, but. This didn't help. Where he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get in the ring and you know beat up the guy my dad just beat because reasons." But um, and, and any thoughts on, on this kickoff show uh, match, John? Um, not particularly. I thought it was kind of okay being on the pre-show. It's not really anything that I was like, super excited to watch. I in fact missed all but like the past three minutes because I did didn't start tuning in until like eleven fifty. Uh, but uh, from what I heard, it, it was a, it was a decent match that it's building to something bigger at WrestleMania, uh, and I do think it probably will be Logan Paul like with Miz teaming up against the Mysterios. Uh, but you got to keep Mysterio in a relevant storyline somehow, being that he's the cover of a video game coming out in three weeks. So yeah, um, I, I, I mentioned maybe what they could do to kind of help Dominic out here, help the booking in that sense. Brian saying turn him heel. I, at this juncture at least, I could not take Dominic seriously as a heel. And I know I'm not trying to like sound impossible to please. Like they needed to do something, but like he, it's just easy. I don't know. They just, he just seemed like one of those guys like that could kind of not, we haven't seen him try it yet. Just like kind of based on what we've seen so far. I don't know. It, I don't know if that's the right call. Like, cause he's, he's raised son. Like it, it seems kind of weird. And, and then he would what turn heel out of jealousy for his dad or i mean there, there's a way to get there but to me if they're going to do that any, anytime soon they would have already kind of set the wheels in motion which it felt like they're going to do a rumble and then that didn't go anywhere so we we're still kind of just stuck in neutral this one tony's saying he thought Miz was going to win you know after dom got rejected we've seen them do this several times where you know Miz or or ray or or dom's ringside they distract the referee slash the Miz, and then uh they kind of Try to flip the script and have Miz win anyway, or have in this case have Ray win anyway. You know, uh, thankfully they, they didn't quite go that way. It was, they, it was pretty clever. They had Miz uh, capitalize, go for the school pressure finale. Ray rolled him up, so that was kind of clever. But I, uh, you know, I, I'm ready to know this. Like you said, John, this is based on a video game cover. It's fine, but I, I guess they're going to keep rolling with it. So we'll be complaining about it for the next couple weeks on Raw. So there you go. Both of that would move on to the next thing. After the tag team match, it was Drew McIntyre facing Madcap Moss in a Paul's Anywhere match. 
The only real noteworthy part of this match was that Madcap Moss took a really scary bump. He landed right on his head. Knifeblade Fightful Select reported that he was okay, that he just took it. It was, it was a bad landing. He was maybe a little shaken up, but all reports suggest that he was okay. Um, and he was good to go. Drew McIntyre, always known as a safe worker. So uh, he was concerned that for, about this accident, but Knifeblade seems like the dodge disaster of this Moss seems to be okay. So very good about that. Steven saying, yes, that bumps. Ouch. It looked, it looked very bad live, but again, thankfully sometimes you have those, those kind of bumps and you know, it looks a lot worse than it is. Seems to be the case here. So we were talking about heading into the show, at least on the SmackDown side of things. Um, I thought that uh, in a way, as much as I've, I've made it very clear, I'm not a fan of the Madcap Moss gimmick. It would make, sense to have him win this match because otherwise McIntyre won at day one and in this very match then he eliminated them both both from overall rumble and he's kind of been like dominating the feud overall so to have madcap win would at least make a little sense Drew McIntyre won and if that's not enough he also said after he literally pointed a sword at happy corbin swung the sword at him during the match mind you and then point him point at him after the match making it pretty darn clear that's where we're heading for wrestlemania so before we talk about that, at least for the match itself, Brian's saying it was a very good, a pretty good match, at least for Madcap Moss here. Um, it was fine. I just, I'm not digging the character, and I don't know. That, it was kind of made it hard to get into to, to begin with for me. So I have a couple comments regarding this match that most people probably don't agree with, and I think that that's fine. But all three of these superstars are doing good they're fine now let me start with drew uh who was as fight was like reported always been regarded as a safe worker so i don't want anybody to blame him they reported that during the incident uh moss was supposed not supposed to tuck and he tucked and he landed on his head happy corbin now take him down a little bit of a step here because this was planned i didn't know this was planned at the time but afterwards, Corbin pulled him out of the ring to give him some time to like recover, which is a, it's a pro move. But of course, it was planned, so you can't really say that. But Corbin has been a professional and safe guy for years that keeps getting put into situations where his character work is not the best, not any fault of his own. He's kind of like Sami Zayn. He just runs with the character he's given. He doesn't argue. Um, he's one of the like he's a, he's a company guy, really. He is uh, Mad Cat Moss also has been improving he has repeatedly time and time again proved that he's good inside the ring of course there are groans about his character every week he tells terrible jokes by design may i add and he's a guy who went through the developmental system as you know better than anybody expected the match was better than it had any right to be really if we're thinking about it uh, it was a sort of a back and forth more than people probably thought it would be and it was a pretty hardcore, like, physical match between the two. Now, I do... There's two ways I could go about this, and I'm leaning towards the first that I'm going to say now. Uh, McIntyre will face Corbin at WrestleMania. That's probably what's going to happen. There is an alternative world where they could do a tag match if McIntyre could find a partner, or if they wanted to go that direction. McIntyre will probably win, and then be elevated back into the main event picture. But I've been saying this ever since August. There's no problem. There's no... It's it's okay that he's in the mid card picture right now. It's fine, you know. Somebody needs to do it. He can't be. People were complaining, me being one of them, that he was in the main event picture for too long. Get the title off of this guy. Then they did, and then he won it back. 
He finally lost it again. He hasn't really been in the total picture since. That's fine. He's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. So I was fine with the match. It was all right. It's going to lead into probably a rematch between these two. Maybe at SmackDown this Friday. I'll be at SmackDown this Friday in Hershey, PA. Um, I, I would not be surprised if this match happened this Friday night on SmackDown. But we're going to get Corbin and McIntyre at WrestleMania and maybe a specialty match of some sort. Who knows? It's just, it's, it's, if we do, I, and I think we are, it just feels like one of those matches that while they've had this feud, like it's, it's not, it's not particularly exciting. It's like, it's going to be a match for WrestleMania. It's two, two popular names, two very talented people. Um, I don't know. And, and then by then, yeah, it'll be, yeah, the first week of April. So they've typed been feuding since before day one. So, so that's, four months well okay three four months maybe like three and a half months um and it's like they're doing things like to make it interesting you cut you cut out for a minute my good your your last two sentences were all muted so you got to repeat that i was just saying it feels like they haven't really done anything to really make it an interesting feud where you know like yeah they had the backstage attack but like Maybe for me, it's just, it's, I'm so against the gimmick itself of Matt Kimos and everything, but it'll be a good I match, understand as that. always. It'll be a good match. If it's McIntyre and, and, uh, and Corbin, if it's a tag team match, it'll be fine. It'll be good. Ho- hopefully, then they, again, kind of I was saying about Brown and Charlotte, hopefully they, they make it more interesting. Uh, but maybe on a longer term sense, I've seen this come on the SmackDown side of things pretty often. Steven suggesting putting Corbin and Moss in the tag title picture. I think they should. Um, to me, at least then they'd be a unit and that they, they are kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like Ray and Dominic, right? Madcap is like a sidekick and like, yeah, he wrestles, but like, you know, I think that a team would be a little better, especially considering the fact that they had a SmackDown tag title match that didn't actually happen. We're supposed to see the Usos defend against Viking Raiders. Usos attack Viking Raiders during their entrance. The match doesn't happen. That was by design, obviously, but I, I've said this on on Friday. I said this, I think, like pretty much every time where they've been on the show. Like, why are these teams shooting in the first place? Like, the, the Viking Raiders earned a tag title shot. And all we've really seen since then is, you know, the, the two singles matches between the two the various members of the teams. And, you know, one like post match attack. They they took the Viking Raiders helmets, I guess that that happened. Um, then we have this, it just you're just saying about Matt Kep Moss and, and Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, Steven, I agree. I feel like we're probably going to see us on SmackDown, um, which is fine. Uh, at least in that case, it'll, it'll get some time, in theory. Um, but they, they they need more tag teams. I think that's that's more of the story. So, Matt Kimoss and, and Happy Corbin could do that. Yeah, that's an interesting concept and introduction. I could see them going maybe after WrestleMania when they wrap this feud up. You know, uh, there are worse things to do. I mean, at least that'd be a little different than just the Corbin and Moss telling jokes, but uh, yeah, can't can't come on on a match that didn't happen. Bruce was attacked by Raiders, so it didn't happen. So I would assume we'll see that if not this week, maybe maybe next week on SmackDown. Uh, there's no way that they can draw it out to WrestleMania. Like this is not this is not some like you know great big feud that that has that that and that much legs on it. So 
Uh, we'll probably see that senior end later, maybe multiple times because they don't have a lot of tag teams. But something we did see in Elevation Chamber was Becky Lynch facing Lita, defending the Raw Women's Championship. This was, you know, a dream match for many. Becky Lynch, you know, the one of the very top stars in women's wrestling overall to today's generation and of course lita definitely a trailblazer a legend a hall of famer a former champion uh we've seen, we've seen this build uh going on for the last couple weeks on raw you know i i talked about on the raw show lita was a little before my time so i didn't have as much of a, a connection to her in that sense but i thought she had a great performance i thought she looked good especially she had, i don't think she's had a singles match in several years like she's i think she was in some rumbles here and there um, but not a singles match, especially not like a, a first singles match for 15 years. That's crazy, right? That's that's pretty crazy. Uh, that Nessa saying she always loved Lita. Brian's saying that it was the match of the night. So a lot of support for this one. Steven saying great match. Lita looked great. I th he thought Lita was gonna pull it off. I mean, a lot of the matches on this card had either zero or like next to zero um doubt for me in terms of like i look at the card like you you had to know roma was going to win other than again that, that dark timeline timeline where goldberg would win maybe a little uncertainty with the women's chamber match um you had to kind of figure out it was going to win her match drew felt like a pretty good lock for me, for me at least personally i felt pretty certain that becky would win um i they would want her to be a champion heading WrestleMania, especially once Bianca won. It was like that, that feels like a pretty, pretty clear direction for that. But Brian also saying he thought Lita was going to pull it off. And that, that's a sign of two good performers. And they're really telling that story and making you doubt, uh, doubt the outcome and really think that they might pull off the upset there. Um, you know, and I, I think there were a couple of times where it really looked like it. Lita hit the, her, her lead assault at one point. Um, but this is good. You know, Craig saying, Craig saying Lita got a huge pop. She's a big star. Everyone, everyone loves Lita. So um, I thought this was good. Kind of, kind of like the Roman match for me. Didn't really have any doubt that there would be uh, a, a successful defense here. But it was a good win for Becky to beat a legend like that. John, what do you think about the match, the outcome? And and we talked about Becky facing uh, Bianca earlier. But at least the match, the match itself here. This reminded me a lot of the Trish and Charlotte match in 2019, where Lita proved that she could go with the top women's wrestlers of the current generation. This was an 11-minute match that Lita had hung in pretty much the whole time. There was a lot of high spots. Uh, Becky ultimately prevailed, but there were times where Lita was giving Becky a run for her money, uh, both physically in the ring and from a storyline aspect as well. Although Lynch did do most of the heavy lifting in the match to, to basically put Lita into a position to succeed, Lita still did exceed these expectations, and she was a strong addition to the show that I could see maybe doing more work in the future. The, an article went up on WrestleZone today that I had written where Lita did an interview after her match and said that, you know, never say never. She's not necessarily done. She sees opportunities to wrestle again after WrestleMania if, if, if the, you know, if the stars align, shall I say. So what's next? Uh, Becky and Belair again at WrestleMania, like we've been talking about. Now, remember the last time they, they wrestled, which I think has been more than once, there has really yet to be a clean match between the two. Yeah. It was grabbing the ropes. It was dequeuing yourself. It was whatever. So although m some people might be against this, I could see a world where this is uh, a no DQ match or a false anywhere match to really show some aggression, to give those women a chance to have more than just a one-on-one -on -one normal match. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I still, like I said earlier, think that uh, Bianca will probably win, though. But all in all, a, a good showing. 
Uh, and we'll, at the end, we'll talk about our ratings more from the overall show or the standpoint. But I thought that this match being on the card made it a little bit of a better show than it, it might have been without it. I think that's fair. I think a lot of times Legends, you know, they, they don't perform to this level. The Lita did. I thought Lita held her own with one of the, the top stars in the game. And like we saw in the comments, a lot of people thought that she actually might pull it off. And again, that's just a sign that they're telling a very good story, putting on a very good match. So that's a sign of a good match. So, um, and kind of looking forward, Steven's saying, hope to see Lita come back for another match here. Like you just said, John, she at least left the door open. So it could happen. Maybe for SummerSlam or something. Who knows? But um no, not, not a bad match by any means. And like I said, this was kind of a, a dream match. So to have that kind of marquee addition of, you know, top star today versus top star tomorrow, is I agree. I definitely think it helped the show overall, um, just in terms of the star power, in terms of the uh, a compelling match like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't have much bad to say about it, but... Uh, at least for a minute here, uh, Brian can maybe looking back for a minute saying Lita should have won the Rumble. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm entirely okay with Lita this being kind of a, even for right now, just a one-off saying this is like a, a tra- transitional feud, give some, give Becky something to do for Elimination Chamber. And then after WrestleMania, you could have, you know, well, we know, it, we know it'll be Bianca. And then after that, who's to say, but, um, it's always interesting to ask like what, what could have been, but we know Rhonda's back, Rhonda's facing Charlotte. Um, and Lita, like Lita, she's a legend. She, she wouldn't have really needed a Rebel win like that. She can just say, I'm a legend, love that match, and that's how we got. So, and for the match itself, uh, Tony's saying overall it was a four out of five between Becky and the Queen of Extreme Lita here. So that's again a lot, a lot of support for this match here. And yeah, maybe Lita will come back at, maybe in the summer. Um, at this point, I mean, it seems entirely open, so I'll wait and see. Something that we'll have to wait and see, but we kind of you kind of had to know what was coming was Brock Lesnar winning the Elimination Chamber match here. Now, this match definitely had several noteworthy things to talk about, um, start to finish, really. So, we had Brock Lesnar winning a match that also featured AJ Styles, Austin Theory, Riddle, Seth Freakin' Rollins, and the champion Bobby Lashley. Now, unfortunately, Bobby Lashley went down with a very scary injury pretty early on here he hadn't even entered the match when seth rollins power armed austin theory into his pod the pod broke and fell and hit lashley he was taken into con- concussion protocol uh and and immediately removed from the match yeah this uh lashley had gotten an injury that we had learned about this was an actually an article that i put up today on WrestleZone. This article that I put up on WrestleZone today indicated that uh, Lashley is going to need a operation on his shoulder. This injury was sustained during his match with Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. So to give you a little insight about more on this report and what it means, basically a former writer said that he had on good authority that Lashley was shoot hurt and would be requiring an operation even though they said he was in concussion protocol. Uh, he's not going to be at WrestleMania likely, and he's going to be out for quite some time. Colin, that's pretty devastating news to hear, considering that he was a champion and, and was probably going to be in a high-profile match for WrestleMania. Uh, wh- what do you make of this uh, injury? And more, more specifically, what do you make of the fact that they've known about this since the Royal Rumble, but just tried to play it cool until basically yesterday? <sighs> I mean, it's it's a definitely a bummer 
hundred percent. Like I, I, I heard about the injury before I, I uh, full disclaimer, I watched this match this morning. I watched some of the yesterday, some this morning. So I heard about the injury the, um, yesterday. So that kind of put a kind of a little, yeah, pretty significant damper on the mood. I was like, I knew that was coming then it happened. And then I, I saw that it was likely pretty at least severe enough that he would need surgery, be out for reportedly four months, which would, you know, keep him out of WrestleMania. Um, it's really disappointing. I think he's been on such a great run on Raw. Um, has he been booked the best? No. You know, the, and, and we've seen that here and there. He's felt kind of like the, the second fiddle to, to Brock Lesnar anyway. Um, it, it's a bummer. It, it's really just... Uh, it's, it's, it sucks. There's no, no way around it. Tony's saying thoughts and prayers go out to Lashley for a speedy recovery. Congrats to Brock for winning the title. It is interesting uh, in, in a um, silver lining kind of way. This would naturally set up uh, potentially Lashley coming back around SummerSlam time-ish, or, or at least whenever he does come back, let's say it's four months from now, that would be roughly sometime in June. So in theory, they could set up a, a very easy storyline of Lashley comes back, if Lesnar is still the champion or whoever's the champion, and you could say, Hey, I never lost this title. I want my title back. And you could even do like a, a babyface Lashley that we haven't really seen um, for well over a year now, even well, really two years now. Um, and to me, there, there's something really interesting about that. So uh, it's, it's absolutely disappointing. And, and again, frankly, just it's rough, you know, it's, it's, as someone who enjoys Bobby Lashley and, and the work he's been doing. But I kind of look forward to that and seeing what they could do once he comes back. Brian sounds like he, you agree, saying he was hoping for Lashley Lesnar too. Um, we didn't really see that. We saw the, the first match uh, at Royal Rumble, and then we have this chamber match. So we, we, because of the injury, we didn't even get to see Lashley face Lesnar in this match. So again, in a way, that's kind of a good thing, because then if they get to do the rematch, that makes it a little more special. But uh, it really does depend how the cards will kind of fall there. Um, but, you know, the, that was definitely the, the big story here, along with Brock winning. You know, unfortunately, something as um, dis disappointing as that kind of did, uh, at least, again, for me, put a bit of, of a, a damper on, on the mood overall. But, but again, absolutely best wishes to uh, to Bobby Lashley for that one. So other than the injury, the big story of the match was Brock Lesnar just dominating this one. Brock Lesnar comes in. So Bobby Lashley, it's uh, the everyone comes in the match and it's, it's down to Lesnar and Lashley. Lashley's obviously been removed. So when, when the buzzer goes off and it's for Bobby Lashley, he's not there. Brock Lesnar kicks his own door down and enters the match. Apparently, I saw some reports that, that, that he called that spot. He like that. He just did that himself, and like, that wasn't, wasn't really the plan. Obviously, Lashley getting injured wasn't the plan, so he did a that was a pretty good, uh, you know, decision on the fly on his part. So assuming that's true, pretty darn cool. Uh, but it was a really cool visual. He just like kicked the pod down, enters the match. Uh, he's such a he's such a beast, man. He, like he literally he's got, he, they call him the beast. It's for a reason. And then he proceeds just to dominate everybody. I'm talking like he. I didn't see. I, I think he eliminated Rollins. I'm not sure. He definitely eliminated um, Styles. I think he eliminated Riddle, and obviously he last eliminated Austin Theory. Um, and we got Steven Sankus. So uh, everyone else got eliminated. It comes down to Lesnar and Theory. This was my favorite part of the match. I thought it was a little weird how uh, Theory was the last one left, but they did it in such a way. They booked Brock Lesnar like, like Jason Voorhees, like monster in a horror movie. Like Austin Theory looked terrified, and he was trying to run away, and and Lesnar stalked him down, um, and like just the 
the fear in Austin Theory's eyes. And then, of course, the spot everyone's talking about, Austin Theory got F5'd off the pod, which is a very big fall. And that's just asking, is Theory okay? I haven't heard anything about he's Austin fine. Theory. I've heard, yeah, he's you know, fine. assuming he's fine. Um, but that the visual is him just, like, chucking the suit off the pod. At one point, uh, I think it was right before that, uh, theory kicked Lesnar below the belt or hit him below the belt to try just to try and survive. And you know, like it, like it would anybody, put up Brock down for a minute. They get back in the ring, and the second that Brock recovers, he just looks at Austin Theory with like murder in his eyes, like you're you're done now. It's like, oh man. So I don't know. You, for me, I knew the outcome 100. I had no doubt in my mind that uh, that that Lesnar would win. I thought it was not ideal that Lesnar eliminated everybody because to have and not just to eliminate everybody, but he he like pretty easily eliminated AJ Styles, eliminated Riddle, just kind of like ran through everybody, and then ironically it felt like he had the the toughest time eliminating Austin Theory. Um, but yeah, I think they did it in such a way that like it felt it did, it was interesting, right? They 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 I I was entertained at the very least. I was entertained the way they did it. Uh, but yes, Lesnar won. No offense, butts. So, and then shortly, right, right after we won, they officially announced it will be uh, Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, winner take all at WrestleMania. John, what do you think of this match? And the we knew Lesnar would face Roman, but now the uh, the confirmation it will, will be winner take all. Yeah. So I thought that a lot of people got um, upset about this match for reasons that I have a hard time digesting so i understand that people are mad because styles rollins and riddle were basically disrespected and treated as afterthoughts in the match but when you want to make lesnar look so strong sometimes you have to go to certain extremes now some people just struggle to accept the current crop of rosters are ever going to be main event stars because they keep going back to Lesnar and Goldberg and Roman and this is the same people. I mean, Goldberg or not Goldberg, Reigns and Lesnar have main evented shows how many times now? Many. Which is why I think a title versus title match is necessary to gravitate this match to an even higher level. They've already wrestled fair. so many times before. Now, to the people saying that, oh, you need to add Rollins, you need to add Rollins. I don't think you need to add Rollins. I don't think you should add Rollins. This match greatly benefited Austin Theory. You know, he put into a position to get a star rub from Lesnar, and I think it worked to perfection. He served as a, a, a basically a, a dummy for for Lesnar, and I thought the spots in this match made sense at the end. Now it's obvious. I thought it was obvious from the start, as you did, that Lesnar was going to win, and that Lashley would be protected somehow. I do not think he had a legitimate injury. So that is interesting moving forward. Not much I can say, uh, basically, because the match went how I thought it would. So it's fine. We're going to get a match at WrestleMania, title versus title. That's a whole different discussion that I'm sure we can bring more insight to maybe after Raw tomorrow once we see what happens. But uh, I am not necessarily a fan with the titles being put on the same superstar. So I'm not sure. Uh, like I said, we could talk about that more tomorrow after Raw, depending on what happens, because I'm sure Lesnar will be there and there will be some developments, but the main event was fine. It was okay. We'll, we'll see how they build the next four or five weeks to, or six weeks to WrestleMania. 
Yeah. And speaking of that, you know, Nesh is saying that she might prefer to have uh, Brock have a WWE title match and then face Roman on night two. I mean, I think, I don't know. To me, like, the, Brock Lesnar is like, he's an attraction. So, like, to have him wrestle on back to back nights, you know, you lose some of the, a little bit of the, the luster there. Um, I definitely agree. Just overall, I don't love the idea. Whoever wins, I'm assuming Reigns is going to win WrestleMania, um, that he would have both titles. And then that does beg a question like, would he defend both? We saw Becky Lynch briefly do that when she, after WrestleMania 35, when she won the winner take all match, or would they unify the titles? That could have pretty uh, lasting ramifications on the brand split. Again, these are things we can talk about in the, in the weeks ahead here, but uh, Brian Everett kind of predicting that as well. Um, definitely, I mean, it's a, it's complicated, right? I think there, there are pros and cons. I think there are uh, things that could be good about either way. Um, I don't think it's great to kind of, uh, if they unify the titles, and we don't know that they will, um, you you lessen the ability to have match with stakes, to have storylines with stakes. You know, let's say they have one champ, one world champion over on SmackDown, then in theory, they'd be, I mean, I guess you could have, you know, a few of a person overall, a few of someone on SmackDown, but um, other times we've seen when, when they end the brand split, like it's just the world title feud. And then, you know, by, by having the one world title, it's like one less important storyline in a way. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how that unfolds there. And that's just saying Brock better not become two belts Brock. I mean, with Brock Lesnar, it's always possible. It's always possible they're going to have Brock win. Uh, in a lot of ways, you know, if think of any, who could possibly beat Roman at this point, um, I, unfortunately, John, John, you just said a minute ago, like it, it would almost have to be someone like Brock to make it make sense so to have a guy end a, a 500 plus day reign at this point, which sounds not ideal, but that's where they find themselves because John, you're just saying because they keep doing the same things. Uh, it is almost a, a self-fulfilling cycle at this point. Uh, Nessa thinks she doesn't want Roman to have uh, thinks she doesn't want Roman to have both belts either. I mean, yeah, I, I think it's not ideal either way. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see exactly how that unfolds. But it does feel like that is where we're heading. But at least in the meantime, John, Illumination Chamber, South of Stage WrestleMania, crown a new champion, uh, and definitely confirmed or, or solidified what can what, at least the, the the big things we can, we can expect to see at WrestleMania the, uh, that weren't already uh, announced like uh, Charlotte and Ronda and that kind of stuff but um overall what do you think of the show scale one to ten uh I would give this one a 6.75 out of 10 I thought it was just slightly below average. Uh, out of the seven shows that WWE has ran in Saudi Arabia, I put this one at four out of seven. So pretty much right in the middle. I thought it had its okay moments, but it, it could have had something a little more. It's difficult to do events like this right before WrestleMania because everything's predictable. They're basically just trying to build. You know, We're 40 days away from the show. They're just trying to build towards that. So what can you do, really? Exactly. You know, that that's where I kind of come off on it. Was it a bad show? No. Were the matches bad? No. Um, but no, like like I said a minute ago, every, pretty much every match felt like kind of a lock in some sense. If they hadn't already announced things like, you know, Brock and Roman and, and uh, they, they announced Charlotte and Ronda, then maybe not that one as much. But uh, And even then, even on the show, once you had Bianca win, you kind of had to know that Becky would win. It's like, you know, it's very much a, a predictable um 
it's predictable. And that's not to say it was bad, but uh, overall here we're getting some rough agreeing or, you know, rough range. You know, was saying decent show. She said it's an eight. Uh, Steven saying it was a seven. Brian saying it was a seven. Saying the Lita, the Lita and Becky match and the Women's Center match were the highlights of the night. Tony saying a 6.5 out of 10. Ticked off that Becky defeated the Queen of the Extreme. Um, you know, Lita's a legend. I think it was the right call. I would have been, I myself would have, would have been a little ticked off if they had uh, Lita beat Becky. Because, like, I don't know. I feel like, like I said, I feel like Becky going into WrestleMania, probably the right call at this point. For me, um, I'll go for maybe a, a generous 6.4. Matches, matches were fine. Fine to good. Um, but again, just having that almost total lack of, of any doubt about any of the outcomes makes it, makes it hard to really enjoy a show. Um, again, I had, I had some of stuff spoiled for me, but even then, like I knew very, by and large what would happen, even, even while having, you know, seen some of the uh, reactions online and whatnot yesterday, just like had to kind of figure Brock win, et cetera. They, they made it so predictable that anything else would feel surprising in that reason. So overall, not bad, but hopefully, hopefully WrestleMania will offer a couple more twists and turns and surprises on the road to it and, and the show itself. Another thing, the last Saudi show, Crown Jewel, in October was was better, and I would agree, I enjoyed that one much more. And hopefully, the next one gets back to that level. But we're on the road to WrestleMania here. That was a Elimination Chamber again, average or middle of the road show. Uh, hopefully you were entertained by it. That, that, that's always the goal to, to, to sit down and enjoy the wrestling. And even if it's not totally unpredictable, to at least just have a good time watching it. And we try to have, I hope you have a good time uh, sharing your thoughts on it and sharing our thoughts about it and just talking all about it. And that's just pointing out it's 41 days, WrestleMania, 41 days. Hard to believe. Um, that sounds weird to me. It's February and it's in April, but no, they said it yesterday. It was you know six weeks away from uh, yesterday, which was Saturday. So, Clock's ticking. Hopefully they can kind of really ratchet up the ability to WrestleMania and make these matches more interesting, uh, announce some other things as well. But, you know, it's WrestleMania, folks. Hopefully hopefully it lives up to the hype. Hopefully it's a good show. We will find out exactly how it unfolds. And we'll, we'll, we'll be with you every step of the way. John, you and I do the Raw show on Mondays. We do, Robert and I schedule permitting to the, the SmackDown shows on, on Fridays. Uh, and otherwise, we're always here for Tuesdays on NXT and everything in between. We've got... Um, you know, any number of interviews. We I, we did the hot tag this past week talking about the wild world of wrestling right now where Cody Rhodes is come, might be coming back. Steve Voss might be coming back. It's a wild time. Um, but yes, yeah, all leading up to WrestleMania weekend, definitely going to be a very exciting time. Brian's asking, will there be a stand and deliver show before WrestleMania? Yes, it will be literally the same day before WrestleMania. I think it, it starts at like noon or so, which is crazy because that means it's like a three-hour NXT show or, or two-hour NXT show. And then like a four-hour uh, WrestleMania show later in the day. It's going to be going to be a long day, but um, there's no sword, no swords of wrestling, no swords of wrestling to enjoy. That's what we do here. So, John, with that being said, here else, and we do one thing above all is you can tell me what that is. Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.